A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast! I went loud at the end there for you. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by the other one, Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you. Oliver Davis. And we've got an email here from Jumping the Smark. Now, you might re- you won't recognize that name. Me. Absolutely. So he email, he's emailed in with a hybrid of an agony art slash get better. Wow. Okay. So yeah. hopefully it has an optimistic ending. Yep. Uh, so I'm in high school and I have an uh, email that I think fits the category of both agony art and get better. I want to put on a bit more muscle and cut some fat, but my eating habits suck. Mm. I have no problem getting myself to the gym and I play varsity basketball. I'm a bench warmer though. I just keep eating fatty and sugary stuff. Any advice on how to cut this out? Also, I don't run because it burns far fewer calories than you would think. Generally 0.75 calories per pound of body weight per mile keep up the consistent work and stay swaft yeah well yeah so um if it i guess it depends what type of body you are you've got mesomorphs and ectomorphs and endomorphs i think the ghostbusters fought yeah them. Yeah, yeah they yeah. drove it didn't they <laughs> yeah. uh the ectomorph is, is like my body where i can't keep on fat mm-hmm. so which you know some people go oh wow i envy you but I'm like, but I want to be a big chunky wrestler. <laughs> it's impossible for me to put anything I on. I want to be Otis Dozovich. Exactly. <laughs> I want to be a big guy. I want to be Braun Strowman. <laughs> uh, but an endomorph would be someone who, who typically has a lot of trouble keeping weight off. And a mesomorph is someone who's just... A, I hate them. They just have everything easy. They can yeah. eat whatever they like and they're still ripped. Um, but yeah, for, for in, in avoiding... Uh, fatty foods and sugary foods the easiest way is just have a meal plan and then you kind of just default to that meal plan and say well I'm only going to eat these meals on these days and then you can check it off uh, there's also a, a meditation technique called noting where you can you do, it, if it's a, it probably it's probably hooked into a kind of craving mm. or like a comfort food that's certainly me with pizza which I have way too much of well, what, how many pizzas a week would you say is too much Hmm. 
two. Like, like having one a week is probably uh, a bit yeah. much anyway, yeah, but certainly so, having two. Yeah, because we'll get to the end of the week and we usually get a pizza takeaway. Do about you and your... Me your and lady. my lady partner, which I have sort of been jossing for the whole day. <laughs> and then she finally relents, despite saying, I'll cook some healthy food. And I'll be like, oh, but what about the pizza? <laughs> and then she'll go, how many pizzas have you had this week? And the last couple of weeks have been three. It is your <coughs> favourite, though, isn't it? It's yeah, it's it's awful. Margarita stuffed crust. But anyway, if you if that is like your thing, you, you sort of get stuck in this rut. If you if you just just say in your head, uh, that's I I want this pizza for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're over time. You you'll start to go. Well, I'm not. I'm just not going to have the pizza then. But that hasn't worked for me so far. So, what so, am I doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I um, I last year gave up because I, I had quite a bad uh, I don't want to say use the word addiction mm. but I bloody loved McDonald's like I was a big during 2014 when I was freelancing like film screenings are always at really awkward times they're kind of like they're never too early in the morning or they're never too late in the afternoon they always come over lunchtime so you can't eat anything beforehand because then you just be that's breakfast and then you're in the cinema screen for a couple of hours and then you've got to get home and, and to, to do the rest of your work so by the time you get home it's like nearly three four o'clock so that's no real time to have lunch either so i got into a very bad habit of just having mcdonald's before i went home or i would get a burger king or something along those lines i'm not very addicted to fast food and i was having mackie d's three four times a week because it was easy food for me to eat uh, I, I felt like i was on a one-man mission to rid the world of big macs and double cheeseburgers because I would have those as well in one sitting yeah you'd have a large Big Mac meal with a double cheeseburger and whatever side was uh, currently on at that point good grief that's um, expensive yeah well I mean that's why I didn't earn a lot of money during that period as well because whatever money I was earning I was smoking went all to Ronald went all to Ronald didn't it um, so I, I essentially, clown. essentially got to a point where I, I, I thought I need to pack this in so in 2017 I'd, like January or 30, December 31st 2016 I'd said to my wife just not doing it for a year. I'm just not, not going to go into McDonald's. I'm going to go to any fast food restaurants, and I'm not going to have any sugary drinks, and I'm not going to have any sweets or chocolate. I'm just going to sack the whole lot, and I'm going to do it for a year. And and I didn't. I, and I, I didn't have anything for uh, any of that until January 2018. So and and even then, and since then, I have barely been into McDonald's. In fact, I, don't, I might have been once or twice, and that's because I've been on a motorway. Um, when I'm driving up north and that's kind of like almost your only options you've got and so I don't have that craving for it anymore I suppose it's a bit like smoking you just find a way to replace it with something else so I suppose that would be my advice just give yourself a target just like I'm not going to do it for this amount of time and then eventually I guess you just kick the habit as you were talking about that I, I remember you read like you read a I read book a, or something yeah, and you were like that, that, that seems to work quite well for you and I was thinking well that's actually how my one came about as well I read a book that was like I think it was the Grain Brain or something or the the Gary Taub's book on sugar, and that they both kind of like put you into fear. And even though you might not be perfect afterwards, you're definitely so much better. So like, find a book, like find whatever you want to achieve. Uh, just like find the most recommended book in that category, diet wise. Read it or get the Audible audiobook version, and then that will probably fuel you and in three months time afterwards you'll hopefully be as good as me and luke well the book that i read Dare i say the book i read was the it was the follow-up to uh, morgan spurlock's documentary 
uh, supersize me and it was called don't eat this book and it was kind of like not just so much of a follow-up to it like talking about the documentary itself but also talking about kind of the wider picture of stuff he didn't get to cover and kind of like revisiting some of the people he interviewed in that in that process which is a tremendous documentary anyway but if, if you ever want to be put off eating fast food then supersize me is a fantastic documentary slightly outdated now because it came out in like 2003 or what have you and the book came the book's outdated as well because it came out in 2004 so all the information in there is not up to date but still and it's weird because mcdonald's now presents them like their whole marketing strategy is no we do put real meat yeah. in our burgers yeah, like, yeah totally. it, like, their whole ethos is trying to like undermine your doubts about them first <laughs> and, and in fact actually their healthy kick was off the back of super mm. size me getting so much attention that they were like yeah we need to do something because a lot of people think that we're bad now i've got an 80 percent fact uh, I've never checked this myself, but mm. I always heard the the reason gherkins are present in a Big Mac is because if they weren't, the sugar percent the sugar percentage in that meal would be so high they wouldn't be able to class it as a main. It would be a dessert. I've heard that as well. I remember hearing that yeah. back when I was a, t- a teenager getting McDonald's every Saturday while I was working at Sainsbury's. But I don't know if that's don't know if that's true yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's true. <laughs> I do know that. Um, so there's a, a story in don't eat this book of a guy playing a practical joke like him and his friend in their office block used to play these practical jokes and like hiding stuff in their offices and things like that and he hid a a cheeseburger from mcdonald's on top of one of his shelves and it'll be like god soon it's gonna start stinking and then he'll like ha 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 practical joke that'd be hilarious he said like months went past and he didn't say anything and actually it got so long that the guy who put the cheeseburger up there forgot that he put it up there and then when they were moving office blocks 10 years later they found it and it was still in like almost perfect condition because there's so much salt and sugar within the the buns and everything else that's in there that it it just preserves itself he said he goes the bun was slightly dry but that more or less it was almost edible no, he didn't eat it. Why no. not? It's like an archaeological discovery. Yeah, well, Indiana Jones would like it belongs in a museum. I bet there's some crazed American somewhere whose house is devoted to McDonald's paraphernalia. Oh, I'm gonna. Um, that's what I'm doing. And, online. And I'm like, find I would have guy. eaten that. that also, that's a collector's <laughs> it's, it's item. A 90s, <laughs> it's a nineties. It's a nineties burger. <laughs> They've changed the sauce since then. <laughs> They've changed the packaging. Uh, quick email here from uh, Craig Roberts who emails in. I'm just wondering, Luke, listening to last Saturday's magazine show where Ollie said he slapped on a Taz mission on someone <laughs> he's, uh, he's only had his fight with, got me wondering if you guys have regular banter fuel play fights when you're at WTTV HQ. <laughs> Love the content you put out from Craig and the guy dog Bruce in Manchester. Um, no, we don't. No, I grew out of that in around uh, my second year of university. After someone had a figure four. No, it was a sharpshooter locked on mm. on me in Freshers Week of the second year. And someone super kicked them over and they fell on my back with my legs still tangled up and I heard a click and I'm pretty sure I was I was so drunk but for a minute I couldn't move anything and not for a minute it was like a second and I but it wasn't even it wasn't even because of that I just was probably too drunk and I thought I'm paralyzed <laughs> and, th- and that because I'm a bit of a hypochondriac sometimes <laughs> and I just yeah I never sort of do it but then we, we did I, I I did suplex someone onto a mattress the other week yeah yeah but I didn't put him through the frame. That no, was someone that else. Was someone else. Go back into the archives to mm. hear that episode. Uh, and quickly, before we jump into the main show, this comes in from Leroy Jenkins. Who you're going to get your 
Junker. Of course, it really comes in from Chris Jenkins. Um, you'll be getting your shout out in this episode, Chris. Uh, hey guys, here's some quick <coughs> updates uh, on the hammers. They've been delayed a little because I've been so busy at work with all the wildfires, but so oh, far yeah. I've learned that it's a complicated process making a brand new thing look old, war, old and war-torn. The hammers have been cut, sanded, stained and hand-painted and they are coming along nicely. Oh, I'm God. not showing you, quote, the final picture because I want the finished products to be a surprise for the most part. Please let me know if you have any comments or input. After all, these are your hammers. So here is the latest. No way. So those are the hammers themselves. Oh, wow. And then he's got like these, I'm going to do these like WrestleTalk placards that are going to go onto them. And there's one for a Wrestle Ramble. Oh. It's going to go on there as well. How are these going to fit in the set? We need to, we need to find somewhere we can put them. them. From the corners, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. That's so cool. Junkins. So thank you very, very much. We are very looking forward to seeing them in in full, I guess. Mm. Uh, but we're going to go into the main portion of this show now. An odd episode of, of SmackDown Live, it must be said. I did get a tweet yesterday from... Um, do you remember the chairman of the board, Jer Personen? I believe he is still one of our pledge hammers. He might not be at these times because he actually said he, he might be giving up on us oh. because um, you, you were too negative. On the oh, really? And he's trying to fill his life with positivity. So having us talk about how bad a show is. where he, he, the, His whole ethos at the moment is watching wrestling and just enjoying it for what it is. And he thought we were far too negative, and mm. he said he's not going to listen. So if you're listening to this episode, Jer, I would recommend not tuning into this one. <laughs> Turn either. back now. Turn back now while you still can, because it was an odd episode, and I would frankly say a bad episode of SmackDown Live. Here's the show. So, so, so on on Survivor Series, Charlotte, in my eyes, turned heel. She snapped on Ronda Rousey after this. Like, very good competitive match between the two and beats her down, shoving off referees. And she uses, she like pilmanizes Ronda in the chair, which Ronda doesn't sell the next night. And the next night, Ronda comes out, you know, they frame what Charlotte did as an awful thing. And some people were booing Ronda, uh, a lot more at Survivor Series, and a lot of people were cheering Charlotte. And you said yesterday that backstage, the report is WWE are very happy with that reaction because. It was it was a reaction, and hmm. WWE's mentality mentality backstage reportedly is that so long as he gets a reaction, that's a good thing, and the crowd are always going to react big when they think they see an important angle. So even if it is a heel turn, they're going to cheer it because they have seen something big happen. And when we were talking about that, you brought up like a so one one of the viewers commented or tweeted about oh that they think this is Charlotte being a babyface. Because she was channeling Becky, and that's when she took out Ronda. It was all in honour of our favourite person in WWE right now, Becky Lynch. And I said, no, no, I can't see that happening. Yeah, I said the same thing. I was like, when I saw that angle, I was like, this has nothing to do with Becky. This has got something to do with Charlotte snapping. I completely discounted it. I wouldn't even entertain it. I was like, that's not not what it is. I think, do you want to hear my conspiracy theory? Mm. I think plans have changed. I think whatever the plan was coming out of Survivor Series on Sunday is different to what we got here on Tuesday. Because not only did Shane McMahon tweet out, something big is going to happen on Tuesday, something needs to change, which, spoilers if you haven't watched SmackDown, didn't happen. Shane... There was virtually no reference to Survivor Series on this show. But it was all- the New Day still beating that drum. We did we did have a match, and yeah. we did win it. And, and in all fairness, New Day didn't even win. The Usos won it. Mm. New Day were eliminated. So that's by the by. We'll get to that. Um, and the other side of that is that when Flair turned heel, quote-unquote, 
her tweet was, boo the woo, screw you. Which ah, suggests yes. to me, that's a, you fans turned your back on me promo is coming on Tuesday. And I just think plans changed. And essentially what they did is they didn't turn Becky, they didn't turn Flair heel, they turned Flair Lynch. And <laughs> they've just given her a Lynch turn. They saw what happened, at, like the reaction. Lynch she, turn, I like Lynch, this. It's what happened at SummerSlam. Becky turned heel, quote unquote, but she got a massive babyface reaction of it, and off the back of it became an even bigger babyface than what she was previously. And it feels like what WWE does is just control C, control V to that unto Flair, so that Flair can get. And credit to them, and I said this in the review. Credit to them, it's worked because the crowd was so much more into Charlotte Flair here than they were three weeks ago. Like the reaction she got at Evolution, the reaction she was getting in the lead up to Evolution where she was getting booed out of the building, that didn't happen this week. Mm. She was cheered like a homecoming babyface this week. So credit to them. If their plan was to get Charlotte over as a massive babyface, it's worked. I, let's, let's run through what happened in this opening segment because I don't even... I don't even think it's a massive babyface thing. It's, I, th- I feel like most people were confused. I certainly was. Not just by this segment, but by loads of segments on the show. Not to say that I didn't like a lot of the stuff. I did. Uh, but I'm just... It's just like... Yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking, but what's going on here? So I gave this... Like, a- I'm constantly watching... I'm trying to follow a Batman story in the comics, but I'm accidentally reading loads of different titles, thinking that Batman carries on the same story into Detective Comics or Batman Incorporated. It doesn't. They're separate continuities. Yeah. So I here is the example I would give as a comparison. This Charlotte Flair promo, the way she walked to the ring, the way she cut her promo, the way that she challenged the Iconics to matches, the way that she was laying down the challenge to Ronda Rousey, it was Becky Lynch's words coming out of Charlotte yeah. Flair's mouth. And as I said in the review, this was Big Show doing the yes chant. Mm. This was WWE telling Big Show, we do not want this yes chant being over and associated with Daniel Bryan, so you need to go and do it. We need Stephanie doing it. We need Sheamus doing it. We need everyone doing the yes chant so that doesn't get related to him. So then the yes chant is over, not Daniel Bryan. And that almost where I was, I was like, well, Becky's over, but we want Flair to be over, so just do everything that Becky is doing. And the the problem there is like you can imitate something as much as you want, but after a while, yeah. Well, I mean, right out the gate, that was my problem with Charlotte here. Like, I can I can see through this as being a, a superficial, uh, superficial, overproduced version of Becky Lynch. It's like when you listen to a you know you fall in love with a band and they've got a certain literal garage quality about them where it sounds a bit rough and ready, and then a few years later. That style is what's in the mainstream, and you get more overly produced versions of that sound, and you're like, well, this isn't the same. You're just talking about Weezer, aren't you? Hey, <laughs> leave Weezer out of it. So, th- that's, and that's how I feel Charlotte was here. It was She was saying all the right things, doing all the right facial expressions, and I love the idea that all of the women in the division are now these pissed-off ass-kickers, but it just rang a bit hollow, mm. and I didn't fully buy into it. Uh, because it's not her... Yeah, it wasn't just, her character. I mean, it can be her character, though. It's just... It's, well, we've it's already quite, got that character. Yeah, it feels like a, uh, an imitation of Becky. And Becky is... I, I can't think of a more perfect embodiment of that character than Becky. So anyone who tries to do the same character is going to come off not as good. So it's... 
you're fighting a losing battle to do it. Anyway, let's recap. This was the opening of the show. They did a recap package of Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. Because which, the Survivor Series results didn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, she's going to end her career. They had that line from Renee Young. I was like, well, I wish Ronda sold it a bit on Monday then. That's what I said on I the know. Raw review. So infuriating. She comes out smiling. And it's yeah. like, remember when Michael Cole did that thing? I think, I think it was Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens or someone got beaten up. And then, like, they didn't sell it at all on the way down. It's like, I'm sure they're hurting on the inside. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's what, with Ronda, I'm, I'm sure her neck was hurting on the inside. Yeah, it's uh, right in the vertebrae, <laughs> deep below the, the skin. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I wasn't as annoyed by that as, as you were, but watching this really good video package, getting over how brutal that beatdown was, I was like, yeah, but last night she was fine. fine. It didn't matter. What? What is the consistent story here? Is, is Raw continuity? Is SmackDown a separate continuity? When we get to that tag match later, I was infuriated by this. Off the bat, if you haven't watched my SmackDown review, I didn't like this show. I liked it more than Raw, but that's a very low bar. But I thought this was almost as bad as Raw was mm. this week. I thought it was, an, it was awful. So Charlotte comes out off after this video package and immediately, like you said, the way she carries herself, I was like, okay, maybe she's doing a cocky heel character. But no, she gets in the ring, gets the mic and says, I did this for the champ. And I was I was thinking, are you talking about yourself? Is this a new edge on your heel character? No, she she turned heel and beat up Ronda for Becky Lynch. And she said this was all for Becky Lynch and... The crowd went crazy for her. It worked. But were the crowd going crazy for Charlotte or were they going crazy for Charlotte as a proxy for Becky Lynch? Either way, Charlotte's getting cheered and I guess that was the goal. Because I thought when she started doing this, I was like, okay, so maybe she's a delusional Mm. heel. She thinks she's done the right thing. That's an interesting angle. and That's quite interesting. Then Paige came Mm. down and she was like, what you did on Sunday was ace. And I was like, oh, Oh, so Charlotte's a, a baby face then. And that was when I started to put the piece together. I was like, oh, they're just, they're Becky lynching her. She, they've done a lynch turn. No, no, because they're all behind her from the get-go of the <laughs> of the heinous actions. That's... If this was Becky Lynch, it'd be, oh, it was a heinous action. You stabbed your best I mean, friend. I'm sure you were once best friends. You went to that red carpet thing together. Woo! Woo! Uh, but yeah, when Paige came down, smiling, well done. We all enjoyed what you did to Ronda on Sunday night. But that's, you're a babyface character. You're like the the one saving grace of authority figures in WWE. And you are now bad, like aligning yourself with the wrong morality. It was just, it totally throws everything out of whack. And I know I keep banging on about how important morality is in storytelling for wrestling, but there's no way to get heat after a while because if the people you're meant to trust and believe in start saying, oh no, that was fine when you did all those horrible things. When people do the horrible things, they don't mean anything because they're okay. So there's no way to get heat off them. It's, It's like, it's a tiny thing, but it's really fundamentally damaging over time. Do you know what my favorite line of Flair's promo was? And she said to Ronda Rousey, I'm sure you're walking a little slower today. And I thought, nope. <laughs> no, she, Maybe she beat Mickey she, James. She's fine, mate. She had a match. She, <laughs> she was all right. To be fair, it wasn't a very good match with Mickey James. It was very <laughs> sloppy. Maybe, maybe that's, what, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's how she sold it. She turned into a bad wrestler for two minutes. So, yeah, Charlotte is a baby face here. And, and she, like Charlotte even says, if Ronda interferes with me again, I'm going to stomp her head in a chair some more. That is the what's going on here? 
I got again. I love badasses, but you've gone too much. This is like you, this is a sociopath show now. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird, and I, I was just like, it took me so long to really like, as a, like to put the pieces into place of what this is. And it's, and actually, now the more we talk about it, the more I'm starting to question. Like, well, do I really know? what this character is now other than she's Becky with blonde hair yeah uh, and and she says the queen sometimes rather than the, the man, man. Um, then Paige stumbles over a line it seems <clears throat> like she forgot what she was saying and finally gets out you, we, we loved what you did to Rhonda we loved how you beat up that nice person yep you hit her um, with so many for weapons Becky. Yeah. Uh, but you did push over some referees and for that and I hate it when they do this we're going to have to fine you $100,000. Yeah, and the crowd, was... the crowd don't react to it because why would they care? <coughs> it's just, I think as soon as you bring, that no monetary figure ever sounds good no. in wrestling. Unless it's like a prize, I guess. I it still doesn't work, especially in the WWE level, because a lot of them, the mystique is, well, surely they all get paid billions of pounds each. Yeah. Not true. They probably get paid. They don't even get paid travel expenses. <laughs> but, like, to, to say... it was. Do you remember when Sheamus was fined for bro-kicking a referee? Well, remember Brock Lesnar was fined for what he did to Randy Orton. That was... And it was Shane McMahon, and that was a token one of, like, $5,000. Yeah. But that was meant to play into the Shane McMahon feud... Because oh, Stephanie never, McMahon issued that's right, it, but yeah, it never, never paid, paid off. off yeah. uh, and I doubt Brock paid out either. Yeah, but I think Seamus had a $500,000 <laughs> fine. And everyone was like, well, hold on. <laughs> that's too much. But yeah, Charlotte, like, oh, what's me. the point anyway? Because Charlotte no-sold it. Yeah, um, because and, she's a badass now. Because she's, Becky, she's Charlotte Lynch. And then uh, the Iconics come down. And they so they they do. I really like their delivery. It's a shame they have they mean nothing. They've booked them so far into the ground now that they just get zero reaction. Because why why would you give mm. a reaction to the iconics at this point? Because what WWE presented since they came up to the main roster in March or April, they've been presented as losers. They come out say things and lose. So why should we care when they come out? It's such a shame. And there's two of them. So you, you just just always have one interfere in the other's matches and give them the heel wins that way. I, it's 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 a shame. It's a real shame. It is. Uh, I thought they were very funny, but yeah, just there's nothing there underneath. Charlotte says, "Well, I want to beat you two up now that you're here." So which they have one, which one of you is going to be the next Ronda Rousey? Mm. And they have uh, Billy Kay has a match, which is just a Charlotte squash match. Yeah. Didn't think Kay got a single move in. No, she did. Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah, because like they got the advantage of Peyton Royce <coughs> getting the distraction, and then sort of Royce. Okay. They did the same the usual. You dominate for ninety percent of the match, and then you lose with a couple of moves. Oh, I. I've, are you sure that's not the next match? Uh, I've written here. Kay gets the advantage of a Royce distraction. Flair makes a comeback. Wins with natural selection. Oh yeah. So I, I'm in my notes. It's like Kay got hardly anything. Well, the match went like 90 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, so. we're splitting hairs. Yeah. Uh, so Charlotte then challenges Peyton Royce off the back of that, and she says, I'm going to play flair and square, which I quite liked, but it's a heel turn. <laughs> like, that's a heel line. Um, and, and yeah, like, I think the badass Charlotte character only works against equally badass opponents. Yep. Because going up against the Iconics here and quite handily beating both of them, and I almost felt sorry for the Iconics after a while. 
Well, yeah, so, like, they had this match, and it's barely a match with Peyton Royce. Most of it takes place during the commercial yeah. break, and then Billy Kay runs in for the DQ. And the crowd all thought, Becky's coming. Becky's coming to make the save. Becky, yeah. Because Flair was being beaten down two-on-one by the Iconics. You can watch the crowd. They all look up the ramp, waiting for Becky to make the save. But Flair didn't need her, because she just beat up the Iconics on her own, double spears to the outside, and then she just handedly beat them both on her own she doesn't need no doesn't need no lynch yeah she got both there was one point she started banging Kay's head on the announcer's table then grabbed Peyton's and did it there and then did it to both of them and I was just it's it's awkward to criticize this because we're always saying you know we need more from WWE we want more attitude-like characters and badass characters and women's storylines not based around being friends. And you know, WWE are making the title really important, which is fantastic. But, like, it's so typical of WWE. We ask for something for ages, they do it, and they just do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, they do it to an obnoxious extent. Yeah. Or do it with the wrong person. It's weird. It's weird. I don't want to be too down on it, but well, uh, it's, it's going to be problematic after a while. Like It's one of those things that's weird now, but if they carry on this route, it's going to be off-putting in about a month's time. Here's what I think is that... I think this is where we're going. They're just using Charlotte as a proxy for Lynch to kind of save... Uh, to kind of, like, build, you know, build up some time before we get to Mania. Mm. I think that's the plan. It's just to keep Rousey busy... And kind of keep that plate spinning. <laughs> Different brands. I, well, they, Charlotte said, when we're going to see her at TLC, because that's a dual brand pay-per-view, I'll just find her then. Mm. So, like, Charlotte's already laid down the challenge. I'll see you at TLC. So I think they're just trying to keep that Becky Ronda plate spinning so they can keep it spinning up until Mania. And they're using Charlotte's as essentially the pole the the, the plate's on top of. I, I guess. And maybe there's a four horsewomen storyline they can spark off here. Yeah, but we've said that over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's coming. Um, I just... With all this that's going on, and given the track record, I'm I'm just worried that it's actually all a way to get Charlotte and Ronda over. Because Vince McMahon is incredibly stubborn. The Charlotte-Ronda-WrestleMania main event was always the, the destined thing. Becky Lynch had the audacity to get over by herself. We've seen this before when... You know, we think, Daniel oh, man, Bryan. Or, or Braun Strowman, like, oh, man, just just let Braun Strowman beat Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns and, and build to that big Braun Strowman WrestleMania match. And it looks like they're going with it. But then ultimately, it's just a way to build up the original plans. So that's that's my worry and concern. But, um, you know, it's not like WWE have a good track record with this. I It's it's weird. It's weird. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. 
Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you ever so much, all our pledge hammers. But thank you the most. That was a nasty way of putting it. But thank you to the twenty-five dollar or plus pledge hammers. Sorry, I'm popping a lot with the peas there. These twenty-five dollar. Oh, sorry, gone. I was going to say if if you're annoyed by us thanking people, you can skip to the the actual full SmackDown review in the with the timestamps below. That's what they're there for. Yeah, but we're, we're gonna we're gonna say thank you to some twenty-five dollar. Plus pledges. Yeah, and I wanted to say a special thank you to those $25 and above pledge hammers who gave their submissions in for the next fantasy booking warfare scenario, mm. which, I mean, maybe we'll do a quick check on the poll, which ends this week. It's, the poll's available for all uh, pledge hammers to vote on. Did you did you reveal the results in like, yes, yeah, last, uh, fri- yeah. last Friday's? Yeah, yeah so I, 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 won, I won by like 2,000 votes. <sighs> I yeah. lost heavily. It, well, I, I was... Was down on mine a lot, um, but that means it will be you taking on the unproven Laurie Blake. Yes, in very the, interesting. In our new winner stays on, mm. and because I'm doing so poorly in the Wrestle League, uh, I almost have to think we need to start counting this as, <laughs> as like bonus points just nope. to try and help me climb back up That's the table. What we got here. So it looks like, and as probably to be expected, on topic, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey for WrestleMania 35 is the current leader in the poll for the next fantasy booking warfare scenario. Mario. Got like 20 ideas for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know what you're thinking. Where's Dan? Where does mm-hmm. Dan feature in this? He suggested Kurt Hawkins uh, breaks his losing streak 6% of the votes currently. Wow. It's not last. That's, uh, yeah, well, well, well done, Dan. You, you continue to amaze with, with great suggestions. But also thank you to our $25 plus pledge hammers, starting with Paul E. Dangerously Jarman. Yes. Woohoo! Paul E. Dangerously, pops. yes. The $100 Man CD Horver. Yes. 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 The mayor of Painesville, Dan. Let's give it up yeah, for Dan. The, always the bridesmaid. 
the craftsman Blake Carpenter. Yes! We should have got him in to build this studio. We should have done. The event known as Chris Anderson to decide the best in the world. That was uh, Chris uh, himself changed that because we used to call name. him Chris Mr. Oh, Anderson. Look who's next. Andy, yes, it's me, Datsun. Don't, don't, don't applaud him. Just move on. Why does he still... He works with us. I know. Why he's does he he's, still... Play? He's, he's essentially so just, desperate for approval. He's essentially just giving you back what he you was, pay him. He was, on the, he was on the Wrestle Ramble Evolution episode. Adam and the Anthony Bergeron. Mm, yeah. Mm, yes, like oh, here's an interesting one. If you haven't mm. heard this, going to the Wrestle Ramble podcast a couple of episodes ago, we got an explanation as to what this next one means. Asuka's future husband and EOF one-man wrecking crew, Skin Trade. It's then, not as creepy as you'd think. Although this, the last bit sounds like it could be. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, last clap. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Oh, Matthew Jimjewski. <laughs> Good effort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. Uh, Brett the Hitsman, Matthew Williams. Yeah. Best there shot. was. Uh, Killer Chris Phillips. Oh, watch out for him. He killed him. He did. An Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. The man who is building us hammers. (laughs) After all that Charlotte stuff that opened the show with, with the Iconics, we got... 2007! Oh my god, when they announced, when they announced this was the main event. Like, this show opened, and I was, like, the whole Charlotte stuff, regardless of, like, you know, the questionable nature about it, I did think, I mean, there's something interesting here, though. God, SmackDown, Mm, there's so many interesting things happening on SmackDown at the moment. And then they announced Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton for the main event. I was like, this is why I hate the show at the moment. Mm. This is why I I really want to like SmackDown. And I feel like everyone thinks that I hate this show. And I love the SmackDown brand and I love the SmackDown roster. But it keeps getting main bloody evented by Randy Orton and these 2005 jabronis that just, like... Jeff Hardy, big show. It's all these lads. And the Miz. I was thinking about this. In 1999, Raw wasn't headlined by lads who were on top in 1987. WCW Nitro was, and WWF kept saying, that's a stupid show, because they keep pushing all these old timers, and we should be pushing this new talent. And they're not doing this now. They're still pushing bloody Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio in the main event in 2018. Mm. This is their first SmackDown match in 12 years. 12 years ago, the MCU didn't exist. I love that's your reference point. So much has changed. So much has changed. 12, 12 years ago, we didn't have The Dark Knight Rises. Christopher Nolan was still directing Batman movies. Uh, so Ray cut this promo. I like the funky neon lights that he had behind him. Does he take that everywhere? <laughs> I bet it's not that big. I bet the see it in real life is not that impressive. Like if you see this studio, you see there's a lot of empty shelves. A lot of empty shelves yeah. up there, yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, that one, I, I bet it's just a tiny bit. But I thought it looked impressive. Uh, but Ray gets over how Randy, this new Randy is so sadistic. and like, More sadistic than the man who snogged Triple H's <laughs> wife while she, he was handcuffed and she was unconscious. And then he goes, to illustrate that point, just look what he did to Jeff Hardy. Mate, Jeff's fine. Jeff's fine! He threw himself through the table! Why do they keep insisting this was a big injury angle? Jeff came back, he had a couple of matches on SmackDown, he was part of the World Cup, he was at Survivor Series, he's grand. He's absolutely 
fine. Like, like it just it baffles me that everyone get. But the, what Randy what, did to Jeff Hardy? Jeff. Well, Jeff Hardy's walking around. Hi guys. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm third eye and stuff <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My synapses are firing fine. He's all right, lad. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> so then we got. Another confusing segment. Do you know what my favourite part of this, though? Before we get to the confusing part of it, Miz is backstage, and he's signing a copy of the yeah. Marine 6. But, and it's little attention to the detail, WWE, he signs the shrink wrap, which means the guy he signed it for can never watch that DVD. Because <laughs> if he takes off the shrink wrap, then he loses the signature. That is good. This is, a, this is now a pointless DVD to him. This is just taking up space. Um, So... I think what we're about to talk about would have been a very funny segment four months ago. Yes. Um, but this is not the time to have the segment. Just for context, we've probably beaten this to death. SmackDown lost 6-0 on the main card. The whole of Survivor Series was built around SmackDown getting destroyed. Shane McMahon was on the men's team that got destroyed. They lost with, you know, three-person advantage on Raw in the end. And afterwards, Shane McMahon tweets, you know, changes have got to come. This We've got to come, step back and reassess. Changes are coming. Coming Tuesday is what he said. Come Tuesday, there's, things are going to have to change. So the seeds have been like the seeds have been planted the stage has been set that Shane McMahon is going to do something big and everyone was like he's going to announce a superstar shake up he's going <coughs> to announce some NXT call ups he's going to do this we theorised that maybe some of the talent that got overlooked in the 5 on 5 were going to rise up and say hey we would have won if we were on the team and that's not what we got at all and why I really hated this episode of Smackdown Live is that it wasn't just that Survivor Series banged the drum that Smackdown lost 6-0 it's that Raw was doing it as well. Raw, Michael Cole kept saying, clean sweep. Stephanie kept saying, clean sweep. Baron Corbin, clean sweep. They kept bringing up this idea. It was a clean sweep. The words clean sweep were not said on this show whatsoever. And you said yesterday, no, the SmackDown, like, SmackDown losing didn't play into any storylines on Raw. And I said, well, that's because surely it's got to play into storylines on yeah. SmackDown. And it didn't. And it infuriated me that it just rendered the Survivor Series even more pointless. We all spent four hours watching that show, watching SmackDown get decimated pillar to post, and it led to bugger all come Tuesday. Come two days later, it meant nothing. Why should we care? Yeah. Like, I, I think it's a bad angle anyway to completely beat yeah, one show like that. It, yeah. And But at least make something of it. And if you don't follow up on it, just it's just... It's just, it's the, it's like, don't care about anything we do mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter. Doesn't nothing matter. you, nothing you watch matters. We're going to ask you to sit there for five hours a week, you know, nine, ten hours on pay per view weeks, but none of it matters. It's, it's very, it, it really takes its audience for granted. Yeah, and they wonder why house show attendance is down. Yeah. Um, they, they must think so little of the average WWE viewer. Oh, yeah, totally. It's so insulting to the intelligence mm. because Miz and Shane come down, or Miz hosts a Miz TV segment with Shane McMahon as his guest. At no point do they say, 6-0, clean sweep, we lost at Survivor Series. All Miz does is says, you had a great showing at Survivor Series. And I'm like, you bloody didn't, because you lost. You, you lost handedly. There were three of them left, but none of that is brought up. It's just instantly they've moved on to new storylines 
and none of it mattered. It's Triple H turning on Shane yeah. and Kurt last year. It's Triple H being beaten up by Braun. Leads to absolutely sweet FA, and here we are again, like a year later, and it still means nothing. And a few people brought up in my news yesterday, because I said that Raw beat SmackDown three years in a row, and everyone said, no, no, SmackDown won in 2016. They won the men's elimination match, but they lost the women's and they lost the tag and the other matches in between. Raw won overall that night. So for the last three years, Raw has always beaten SmackDown, and it's never built to anything. Mm. And yet here we are again, and it's still building to nothing. Yeah, and when you have storylines that, that they at least tease or set up with angles... They just whitewash it. Last year it was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were the cause of SmackDown's <laughs> downfall when they just took out one guy. I was going to say they weren't whatsoever. They were barely yeah. a factor. Uh, so the reports have been that the long-term plans is for Shane McMahon to turn heel, sort of gone ego crazy after his best in the world victory. And then that was, like, apparently that was meant to carry on through this week off the back of the... Uh, the team SmackDown loss, mm-hmm. and that Miz, that's going to counterbalance a Miz face turn, which I think is a terrible idea anyway. Awful idea. It's never worked. Dreadful idea. <coughs> he's such a good, he's like one of those guys who should always be a heel. Yeah. It's just, he's got a face. <laughs> he's got a face that is naturally punchable. Yep. I love the Miz. He's great as a heel. He's so, he's yeah. such an effective heel. He is such a good heel, like heat magnet. So you look at that and go like, hmm, now he needs a babyface mm. turn. So better turn one of those guys that gets a lot of babyface cheers. Better turn him heel at the same time. And so they bring down Shane. Shane is like slightly limping. Again, not enough selling uh, for anything really on this show. And Miz is really building up Shane. And the commentators are going, he's a suck up. He's been really like, was it Corey or Byron who was saying this? I don't know. They all sound the same yeah. after a while. So I because if Corey's saying it, that means Miz is a heel. No, that means that means Miz is a face. But if Byron was saying it, that means so I yeah. I can't remember. Um, but like Miz brings but, up the uh, World Cup trophy at ringside. The fact that I don't register and the fact that I just <coughs> shrugged my shoulders is a real like indictment yeah. of how bad this is because I don't care. Yeah, and I've got, I feel like I've been given no reason to care. And it's all building up to Miz saying we work so well together at Survivor Series. You didn't. <coughs> you lost. That they should form a team. They could be the best in the world team. I guess. Like, maybe there's some form of Stockholm Syndrome going on here because it was Shane who stepped in to save Miz in the Crown Jewel Finals. Uh, I don't feel they've told that story or made that explicit. I don't think that's the story they're told at all. Shane stepped in for Miz because he didn't want SmackDown to lose. Yeah. Because SmackDown brand supremacy is so important to Shane. I mean, like, from Miz's eyes. Like, why would Miz suddenly... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to, like, fill holes, really. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they even care about what Miz's motivation Absolutely is. Absolutely not. And Miz is like, to, to 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 show what a good team we can be together, I've got some, you know, real good competition. By the way, Miz totally baby-faced the whole promo. Uh, you know, getting crowd, hometown crowd heat, like, pops. Yeah. And it's great to be home. Well, he, came in LA. Up, he came out for the uh, the dark match as a babyface <coughs> uh, against Brian. Mm. And apparently he got, like, the biggest reaction of the whole evening was, uh, yeah, to the hometown boy. Just six months in, we've got a heel Brian versus a babyface Miz. Remember Brie? Remember Maurice? Yep. Jesus Christ, this is just such a crap year for WWE, really. Anyway, so the, the Miz and Shane McMahon then teamed up to take on the Byron brothers, uh, who are clearly not brothers, but Corey Graves made a lot of jokes about the fact that they were brothers. Um, Shane sort of wrestled in street clothes, but before that, like, walked to the wrong corner. Yes. Like, like, the simplest of things, Shane can't get right. Hey, 
again, just like how Ronda was bad in the match against Mickey, he's selling. Selling it, man. He's selling. Uh, he's selling the effects of the Survivor Series match. So Shane never gets tagged in because he is injured. It would be nice to see some more physicality showing that, though. So Miz is getting the better of the jobbers, but then the jobber rolls him up and wins. So that is, but th- so that's this whole segment. And it was like, if you look at that as an isolated incident, that's funny. Yeah. Um, but this is the follow-up show for Survivor Series that really, really needed a total, like a big angle to, to just redeem SmackDown. Yeah. This was a, like a really, it, it, I don't know what to say, to be honest. Well, there, there really is nothing else to, to say on it. And Miz looked sad after they won. He sort of looked to Shane and being like, I can't believe I lost us this match. None of it matters. Absolutely none of it matters. I don't want to see Shane and Miz in a team. Oh, God, I don't no. want to I, see a Shane and Miz feud. 100% not. There, there's no like silver lining to this, this segment, like where this can go. And because it's Shane, it will likely be the main event story or like the story that's pushed the most on TV because it always is when it's Shane for whatever reason. Well, he sells tickets, I guess. And when New Day were backstage uh, and then the gobbledygooker came up to them, it was our truth in his, his cameo of the week. Um, and that then didn't lead into the next segment. And this is, I, 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 I was so torn on this because it did make me laugh. Mm. But at the same time, it plays with uh, audience intelligence and insulting of it. And it just completely renders things they say on SmackDown or things they say on Raw, things they say on Survivor Series, redundant. So New Day come out in, dressed in like Thanksgiving gear because it's Thanksgiving on like Thursday. Like Puritans. Is that what they are? I believe so. I'm, I'm or Pilgrims. Pilgrims? I, I think it's Pilgrims. I don't know, mate. It's American history, unfortunately. We, we weren't taught that in school. Um, I was taught about the 60s. It was like a two-page chapter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they kind of talk about, and like Xavier's got six and one written on his top. And I thought, well, that's kind of like a mm, nice little I reference like point because like he's been doing that on Twitter. That's a, a, for a, your hardcore fans, they'll see what that is and they'll appreciate what that, that means. And then they stand in the ring and they're standing in front of this big banquet full of food and they talk about what they should be thankful for. And Kofi says, I'm thankful we won at Survivor Series and we were the one in six and one. And I go, so is it canon now? Does the pre-show count? Because you've been telling me that it didn't, and it didn't happen, and it doesn't matter because clean sweep, clean sweep, clean sweep. Now I've got these lads standing up going like, no, it did count. SmackDown didn't get decimated. This, by the way, is the first reference to the fact that SmackDown lost all of their matches. It came nearly an hour into the show, and it was used as comedy. I feel... What the hell, man? I feel like every segment is running off a different different script sheet like a different version of what's happened in the last month in yeah. WWE TV it's I mean it's quite fitting for a fake news climate where, where where facts don't matter or things that have happened that you've watched yourself they don't that doesn't matter and the people who are going to appear on screen are going to a bald face tell you sincerely no that didn't happen but I'm not, I saw that with my own eyes again it just it completely chips away at any trust you have in the characters, the story, and the product. And for a product that is based on suspending your disbelief and believing that these people are fighting, 
that that's so so damaging i really feel like new day are like the deadpool of wwe yeah yeah they are, like they yeah. know that they're in a wrestling show which was a great submission to our crap gimmicks yeah but not necessarily for a real promotion and then to make that even worse of kofi bringing up the the, the six nil loss as a joke it's then swept over so quickly so xavier woods can do his pop culture reference of the week I liked the rest of the promo. It made me laugh. Well, yeah, uh, that's the thing. The, se- the segment did make me laugh. But by this point, I was so infuriated uh, that everything... I'd spent so many hours watching Survivor Series for it to mean nothing t- 48 hours later. I hate that so much. But Biggie did say he loves succulent breasts. Cool. It was He's funny. about the turkey. It was funny. And then they had a match with the bar, which again was funny. Uh, I, d- I, didn't, I didn't find it that funny. Thanksgiving feast fight was the stipulation. So it was a six-man tag. So big shows involved. And around the ring, there are sort of banquet tables with various Thanksgiving foods on. Big show fell off the apron at one point through a table of food. Always funny. Kofi hit a double axe handle off the top rope while holding a turkey, which sent Sheamus going through a table behind him. Uh, the New Day win. Yeah, Biggie and used the turkey like a boxing glove. Again, all this, on paper, very funny. I, I, I didn't but, find it funny. But it <coughs> does turn your tag team champions into tag team chumps because they got made to look like absolute idiots here. And this is supposed to be your tag title feud. Where were the Usos? The sole survivors <laughs> in your supposed now canon match. Where are they? Yeah. Where's their tag title shot? New Day lost. We said this before Crown Jewel as well. The, the go-home angle for Crown Jewel, with the tag team division at least, was uh, the bar versus the New Day in a trick or street fight. Yeah. It was all the Halloween gimmicks. And we were like, well, it was actually quite funny. But this isn't what you need for your tag title feud. You've got Gallows and Anderson. You've got the Colognes. Put these guys in those spots. It's not like the the people in these matches aren't the draw here. It's the stipulation. So why undermine your your top tight title holders? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just lame. And I'm 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 over the new day bar feud now. Like why oh, is totally, it still yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. No. Well, there's six of them. Like, well, there's three on each team, I guess. So I guess they have to keep feuding. We had Randy Orton next talking about how he's going to throw Ray's mask away. <laughs> Just another exciting tease for what's up next. And then we got Asuka and Naomi beating Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. What I've written here, Mandy Rose and Naomi versus Mandy Rose and Naomi. Mm. Shows how much I get about They're not even this. on the same team. I know. <laughs> Either way, this went to an ad break straight away. <coughs> Miscommunication between Rose and Deville. And Asuka taps Sonya out. So, really good job they protected Sonya at Survivor Series by having her counted out. Only for her to be tapped out 48 hours later. What was the point? I was surprised by how big the pop was for the Asuka lot. <laughs> Everyone lost their minds! Oh, no. <laughs> like, people still like Asuka, like... It was, uh, what was it? It was, the, it was last Tuesday. It was the SmackDown show when Becky was choosing who should replace her in the Ronda Rousey fight. <laughs> Step, crickets for Charlotte, crickets for Sonya, crickets for Carmella. Looks at Asuka. Whole place Whoa! explodes. Yeah, it's going to be Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've got, do something with Asuka. God. Yeah. Uh, then we got, this was, this was a shining light. <laughs> We got the Lars Sullivan coming soon promo on SmackDown. So this says to me, WWE don't know what brand he's going to yet. Yeah. And so they're just going to air it on both shows until Vince makes a decision. And then I guess they'll start booking him from there. I, I can't remember where I read it. 
but it was it was from like a a pretty decent site but they said it was meant to be these vignettes were meant to start playing from TLC but Vince saw them and thought they were so good they should start playing from Survivor Series so I'm worried we're going to get like a about six weeks and he'll debut before the Royal Rumble it's going to be Emelina levels yeah, of build crikey coming uh, soon and, and when like I thought nothing of that report but when it this same video package played on Smackdown so it, if you haven't seen it played at, played at Survivor Series we were like oh which brand's he going to go to and then it plays on Raw this week's Raw so we're like oh he's going to Raw then but then it played on Smackdown so we're question marks again I don't, I'm almost certain they don't know which brand he's going to it just it's so I feel like no one knows what's going on no absolutely. they're all recovering from having 20 pay-per-views in a month I'm telling you man I, I swear plans have changed yeah from Sunday to here plans have changed I mean but plans loads of plans changed all from the time. Monday before with all yeah. the Becky stuff and the Nia stuff yeah. and Brian turning heel plans change like day to day <sighs> but this feels like such a drastic difference to what was set up on Sunday to what was paid off here mm. and then the main event of the, oh no sorry we have more to go yeah um, I thought we were at the main event god it's weird how much was on this show and yet it felt like not a lot happened it's because it was all so confusing however you know this was this was great I thought this was a home run this really was this was all this saved the show this mm. would have got a smack in the face rating otherwise so Daniel Bryan comes out does a little yes taunt I just love the way he was dressed here he, had oh. the WWE title but he's wearing a cardigan and a sort of his check shirt and jeans and he just looks like he's going down to the dump on a, on a weekend day it looked like the comfiest cardigan I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I said in the review, I want that cardigan. Yeah. Because you say he's wearing a cardigan and his shirt. I think it's all one in the same. Ooh. And it looks, I mean, it's stylish, but also super comfy. I well, oh, I well, I would totally wear that. I wouldn't say stylish. Oh, man, I would. One of, he looks so cool. Um, it's a... Uh... Well, I was I'm, I don't want to insult you now because I was going to say it was such a boring look. <laughs> I, I think it I I I've got a theory that he intentionally dressed that way to just to to almost as a heel move like he, no, just, his clothes turned heel. It was comfy. Not for Luke no, who, he turned, who prioritizes comfort over anything attractive. Have you, have you seen this? This is so comfy. That looks good. Yeah, actually I mean I copied this look from the Miz mm. because Miz wore a cardigan that looks so similar to this. I was like I want that cardigan. It looks so comfy. You need, and you've got the big hood, Miz style. To, yeah. to, oh, it's to such a comfy over. hood. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would because I, I we both said we want the shaved head. We want a completely new look. That's and, coming next week, man. I'm telling you, it's coming it, next week. Mm, I disagree. I think Brian knows what we want, so he's not going to give it to us. And I, I think that I, I think that's I, the way he's done it. If that's true, I, I think it's very smart. Uh, he's because he, he is making me. Like, he's making me dislike his character. Mm. And if he came out with a shaved head, I would have been like, that's cool. But I never once said, that's cool in this promo. And that's not a bad thing. Like, that's that's what he should be doing as a heel. That's heel. Like, he's going to be a proper heel rather than a cool Kevin Owens-style heel. And it's weird as well, because <coughs> I said this in the review, but you and I joked on yesterday's Wrestle Ramble podcast that Charlotte Flair was going to come out and cut the you people turned your back on me promo that Dean Ambrose did on Raw. Never did I think it would be Daniel Bryan that did that promo. And pull it off. And yeah, Well, that's the key to it. He made it sound like yeah. the crowd did turn against him. And when he was saying, like, he goes, I came back and everywhere, it was the loudest yes chant I've ever heard. But that yes chant has diminished and diminished and diminished. And that isn't untrue. 
because it has been diminished and diminished and diminished because WWE have made it almost like their goal hmm. to book him so poorly since his return that the crowd became apathetic to him. And it's so what he's saying here is kind of right. And it was this really odd, oddly captivating promo because he's talking about himself in the third person. Mm. But he's not talking about himself. He's talking about the old Daniel Bryan. This Daniel Bryan that was following his dreams and his dreams will follow you or whatever it is. It's fight for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you there you go and he was talking about like how he was in he was traveling this well not he that daniel bryan was traveling all over the country speaking to doctors and spending times in these hyperbaric chambers is it hyperbaric is that what yeah. it's called hang on and nailed it hmm. and and then he's like all the while you fans were cheering for aj styles which got the mildest of mild uh, aj styles chance it nearly worked um but it didn't quite and then just start saying, like, fickle, 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 fickle. It's great delivery. It was great delivery. And he introduced then the new Daniel Bryan. This is the Daniel Bryan that realized while he was in those chambers, in that silence, of who he needs to be. And after doing this, he said, I'm the new Daniel Bryan. He went out and got Greg Hamilton to introduce him as the new Daniel Bryan. So I said in my review, next week, new look, new music, new, mm. like, a whole new presentation of this character as the new Daniel Bryan. Potentially, I, I yeah, we'll we'll see. I think either way uh, is is an interesting choice. The so it it it's fascinating how many ways you can read this motivation because you were saying, uh, like he's what, what do you say that he's he's sort of turned on the people. I feel like his fight for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you. I almost feel like it's the like he's so he's become so obsessed with these dreams and he's let those. But those dreams have kind of just turned into wants, like quite nasty wants, and they have taken over his personality. This is the invading Daniel Bryan force that has supplanted old Daniel Bryan. And his dream is to become the WWE title. But in that kind of devil with the bar- bargain with the devil pact, mm-hmm. where whatever you offer up, it, it kind of backfires in the end. The dreams, that the unadulterated immoral version of that dream is to cheat to win like yeah. it's the quickest route to get there he did he said my, my dreams kicked AJ Styles in the balls yeah I, I thought I, it was such it was such an intelligent way to explain what happened especially like how rushed and how chaotic and the whole Brock Lesnar Survivor Series match somehow they managed to explain it all he, he said like yeah I, Brock Lesnar beat the last bit of Daniel Bryan out of me I was like what that's what brilliant. an interesting way to take that. That's very, very smart. He's, he was, a, he's, he's a very smart man. He's the only person on this show that made the Survivor Series result mean something. Mm. Yeah, like he's the yeah. only one. Is the only part of the show where Survivor Series seemed to matter. I, 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 I Brian must have some creative control. I cannot well, see the word is any, that he does because yeah. that's why he was able to not do Crown Jewel because yeah. he's one. Him and Cena are one of the few people who have that high level of power that they can turn around and say, "Not doing that." It's amazing. You, you hear that story about when Brian went into WWE and he did the sort of the test mm. that how goal motivated are you and, and how and he's like, oh, not really. And he got like the lowest score ever on ambition. And here he is just through being Daniel Bryan, through being a nice guy, through working hard and loving what you do. He's like one of the most powerful people backstage. And the flip side of that is John Cena, who, in, who seems to be pathologically uh, uh, ambitious and and sort of very d- determined to get his goals, and he's risen to the top. So you've yeah. got these two complete ends of the spectrum, who both, at one point in their lives, shagged a bella. <laughs> uh, so uh, with all this dream stuff, 
I did, I thought, Velveteen Dream call up? Not on your watch, mate. Not on my watch. Ten more years in developmental, <laughs> says <At> Ollie. <laughs> so says Ollie Davis. Maybe then he'll learn to wrestle. So, so says Ollie Davis. Um, I don't know. This isn't in your notes, but did you get Carmella and Truth selling yeah, Christmas I did, merchandise? Yeah, I didn't make any notes for it. Well, someone sent in a tweet that really made me laugh and said, "Were they doing that on the old Wrestle Talk set? On the oh, old Wrestle Ramble set? T-shirts." Yeah. And the main event was Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio. So if you thought Survivor Series mattered, <laughs> it didn't because it was <laughs> Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton. No effects of Survivor Series playing into this. Crown Jewel, if anything, played more into this than, than yeah. anything else. Because they play like a recap of like they had their first round match at Crown Jewel. And then since then, Randy's been RKOing him or, or trying to RKO him. Um, so yeah, so... I don't think I could care less about Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio main eventing SmackDown in 2018. Mm. I mean, we both did say when Rey Mysterio comes back, Orton's gimmick is going after these favourites, Jeff Hardy, and that was it. That was in it. In the end. A bit of Ty Dillinger for a match. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm into uh, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton feud as like a mid-card thing. That's the key no, to it. Not as, not as the main event. But I, I must say, I did enjoy the match. Well, it went about like... I really like Rey. Five I, minutes or so? It went, it went seven minutes. Seven. <laughs> Two minutes extra. Because <laughs> uh, I, I was like, how long did that go? It felt like it went really quick. And it's because, I guess because it is. It wasn't ten minutes. If that was a ten-minute match, I, that would have gone very quick but it wasn't I only really remember one spot from it which was when Ray went to do his penguin slide mm. out of it and Randy countered that into an RKO very cool really cool really really cool but I think by this point of the show I was so done and I was, yeah. I was just like so put off by the idea of Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio main eventing in 2018 that like I mean they could have done anything I think I probably would have been unimpressed by it but that was a really really cool spot yeah uh, and then Orton rolled Ray in hit another RKO and won and because all the heel heat all the time, Randy Orton beat up Ray, put his head in a... Did he do this? The, yeah, the he wrapped chair. a chair around his head. So that's the the WWE heel beatdown spot du jour and pushed him into the ring post. Somehow that cut Ray's elbow. <clears throat> Why is everyone getting these cut elbows? Don't know. Is it like a, a sandpaper mat at the moment <laughs> they're using? It was Braun, I think AJ or Dan Daniel Bryan last week. Yep. Yeah, very confusing. But then Orton takes off Ray's mask, walks up the ramp, and poses with it. Heels! Ray's been beaten a lot since his return. Well, I mean, the other side of this, and I, I, I didn't say this in the review, but I've, I've got it here in my notes. So, it got mega heat. Him taking mm. off Ray Mysterio's mask and holding it above his head got genuine mega heat from the crowd. So... I guess it's just me that doesn't care. I mean, we've we've been watching Rey Mysterio long enough to have seen this happen. <laughs> like it's like Big Show handbrakes. Yeah, I've I've seen that angle twenty times in my life. But like you know, I mean, I'm here saying like I don't think Randy Orton should be main eventing in 2018. Mm -hmm. But he does get like massive reactions every time he does. So you can't fault WWE for constantly putting him in the main event because he does get these reactions. It's just I'm I'm done with it. And I think, unfortunately, for if you're flipping through the TV guide, huh, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton on the, or like, sorry, you would be looking on an app or like on your people must buy the Radio the, uh, Times, yeah, uh, and you see Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, you might go, oh, I, I remember those guys. I'll watch that. And if you see Andrade Cien Almas versus AJ Styles, you unfortunately, I think uh, quite a lot of people will go, I don't know what that is, yeah, because they're not presented as stars. So yeah, but that's like. 
that's indicative of a larger problem of WWE not making stars to replace those guys absolutely and, and keeping the audience so overall no becky lynch which i, I you know i found disappointing i would have liked to well, at I think least she seen was, a promo i think she was getting well yeah a promo certainly would have helped she, i think she was getting evaluated by doctors she tweeted on monday yes but it depends on where they were yeah but she got you know like a little oh yeah that's promo. right like, yeah, yeah. but yeah but that one that would stop your charlotte storyline because otherwise people go like i thought charlotte was this character mm. Um, if you're a newcomer to this, so I, I guess I think to be honest, if I'm WWE, I'm keeping Becky Lynch off this show while you've got this Charlotte character going on because you don't want to kind of you don't want to have the two crossing paths. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're both like the two Spider-Men are pointing at each other. Like you can't have the two of them on TV at the same yeah. time. And if you put Becky on TV now, people might stop cheering for Charlotte. If that, which I think that's that would be what happens. Yeah, and so I guess that's why they're. I, I would probably keep Becky off TV as well, but that's an idiotic thing to do because she's the most over person. Like, and they talked about this on the Gorilla Position podcast. Like when Owen Hart broke Austin's neck in '97, they didn't take Austin off TV. He stayed on TV just to like develop the character and keep that character going and keep that plate spinning. So I'm hoping that they're not going to keep Becky off TV, but I guess at the same time it kind of makes sense to keep her off TV. Mm. Um. And as you saw in your notes, there's no AJ Styles, but I think AJ's injured. Yeah, he's because been he, pulled from Mixed Match Challenge too. Both him and Braun have been pulled from Mixed Match Challenge. Jeff Hardy's officially taken Jeff's place now in Mixed Match Challenge. Remember, the finals of which are going to take place at TLC, so it does become canon soon enough. Teaming with Charlotte. Yeah. What's going on? And um, and the winners of that will like get the number thirty spots in the Royal Rumble. So yeah, I, I yeah I. D- I think we all thought there were going to be some answers coming out of Survivor Series this week. Raw provided awful answers and, um, you know, sort of crushed all my hopes and optimism for the rest of the year based on the storylines coming out of it. SmackDown just provided no answers. Well, they didn't provide no answers. They ignored the question. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they just ran around going, <laughs> la, 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 la. Uh, which, like, is frustrating, but at least it hasn't dashed all my hopes yet. <laughs> So that's where I'm at. <laughs> I mean, I gave it a low smackdown. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's fair. Just because it's so confusing, I don't. Everyone's singing off a different hymn sheet. Yeah. Would you like a poetry corner submission? Always. So this comes in from Joshua Griebert. Um, uh, it's, a, it's quite a long one, so do bear with us. But he says, hi, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. After Survivor Series, I felt down on WWE. I'm not the only one, pal. It just feels like Vince doesn't care about the wrestlers or the product anymore. Bless you, Ollie, for starting Poetry Corner because it inspired me to actually articulate my frustrations and share them rather than bottle them up inside me. My poem is a lament, sad reflection on the current state of WWE. I'm glad they said I made, I started Poetry Corner. After that guy last rather week said. Rather than that guy said, well, I started Poetry Corner. <laughs> A pair of belts that have no case And have no home around a waist For no team's worthy to take the top place Why should I even care? A riot squad who cannot pin It's three on two to save their skin And now against one they cannot win Why should I even care? An innovative soul who cries delete And brings the crowd up to its feet From horrible booking rendered obsolete Mm. Why should I even care? 
A beast who is never around to fight, yet hold the top title in no one's delight. If the money is good, he may show up tonight, but why should I even care? The irresistible force hits and injures the man. Back to developmental, cries every fan. No punishment, a push, decides the old McMahon. Why should I even care? The boss and the hugger, once pioneers, now hug and fight in laughter and tears. A feud that has been doing nothing for years. Why should I even care? An entire brand all coloured in blue, destroyed before the world and a big five pay-per-view. Just leaves us asking, who, 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 and why should I even care? The queen of Smackdown, the monster among men, a shock heel turn for Daniel Bryan. Can crisis <laughs> booking make things interesting again? Why should I even care? I'm sorry, Demon King. I'm sorry, Rusev Day. You've got yourselves over and now you must pay. Your talent booked to nothing and your hype's gone away. Why should I even care? Dearest Black, dearest Baszler, Gargano and Champa, the dream, the prophets, undisputed error. You may be called up, but you'll probably disappear. Why should I even care? Now don't get me wrong, I love you WWE. I love Seth versus Ambrose and even Miz TV. But I just don't understand what you're doing to me. I want to care. I really, really want to care. But why should I if you don't? Slam. That was that was slam poetry. That yelling. Words. <laughs> oh, that's a different joke, wasn't it? Uh, the I was doing the twenty-two Jump Street one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yelling. No, I I was doing the the same movie. Yeah, but when the oh, twins. <laughs> <laughs> words. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I snorted. Um, yeah, that's really good. I use my favourite thing in in uh, poetry, which is a recurring line for some structure. Mm-hmm. You do like that, don't you? Also, well done for like three three lines of rhyme rather mm. than just the occasional a b a b. That's you know you have to get one extra rhyme word out of each bit. Some some questionable rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> All depends on how you say. Brian. <laughs> Daniel Brian, I presume. Well, he's getting a new character. Maybe that's what his thing's going to be next week. He's going to start introducing himself as Daniel Brian. And God, given this week of WWE, it's not out of the realms of possibility. <laughs> I, uh, I was thinking about this. I always think about this. Like, why do we all still watch WWE when it is so bad a lot of the time? Mm-hmm. Like, And this is like one of the worst weeks i think worst run of shows in certainly in, like uh, in a three-day period <clears throat> since i started on wrestle talk i'm really obsessively watching everything uh and i think it's like wwe is a home team like they are our local sports team that's the sports team we followed since being a kid so we will watch them no matter what but they're so bad some of the times. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess we have that. There's that blind loyalty from forever, and the the few highs when they were at the top of the league for a while. Yes, yeah. but also, I suppose in our case, we have to because if we don't, we'll lose all the money. Yeah. So for, I mean, I would have stopped. Like I said, like mm-hmm. I'd stop now yeah. after that roar, uh, and I wouldn't. I, I would have watched SmackDown. Actually, I would, I would have just watched SmackDown because mm-hmm. they haven't dashed all my hopes yet. Uh, but yeah, not a good week for WWE. Not a good thing. Uh, Dylan Reeve emails in with a uh, massive subject line that says, the weirdest thing to happen at a wrestling show. So let's find Challenge. out. 
Hello, hello again, lads. Dylan from Cork here. I wanted to ask you, what's the craziest, weirdest thing you've seen at a wrestling show you attended that wasn't part of the show? I attended a WWE house show back in November 2014 in Dublin, and a woman in front of me collapsed after having a seizure. It was a very scary moment, but thankfully she was quickly brought to hospital and there was no serious injuries that occurred. And I doubt she's attended many, if any, shows involving strobe lighting effects since then. Jimmy Havoc dressed as a... Uh he used to have a gimmick in Lucha Britannia called El Transvestico, <laughs> where he would wrestle as a, a sort of gimp-like mm-hmm. man-woman. Uh, he grabbed my balls once <laughs> for a photo. I was yeah. getting a photo with him, and he just grabbed my balls as the thing went. So maybe that. Hashtag me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I've got anything that's like the craziest thing that's ever happened at wrestling show. Actually, I suppose that the... that's not part of the show. Like, yeah. seen so many crazy things in the actual. Action. Totally. Well, like at the Rev Pro show we were at a couple of Fridays ago, there was a spot during the El Fantasmo match that was just before the interval, where he did a big flip dive onto mm. the lad he was facing, and like he hit this guy so hard that they essentially bent the barrier, and it just sort of and everyone just collapsed onto everyone in the front row, including this like ten year old girl, and me. Datsun and El Fagador all went <gasps> like, oh my god, is she okay? And this little girl, she loved it. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. And and Fantasmo, because he's just the best, like he went up to her, like put his head against hers to ask if she was okay, which I'm sure was incredibly sweaty. But it was like there was a period in time where we all went, that little girl's dead. Mm. Like this is terrifying. Or she's very much out. But she was fine and she loved it. Yeah, she was a work. She <laughs> a plant. She was a working fan. She was one that was cheering Roman uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of months ago. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, right, let's get out of here with some jokes. Connor Kiran has said, Since you uh, like my last set of dinosaur jokes, I have another one for you, but this one's a bit longer. Hope you like it. Three dinosaurs are walking when they find a lamp. They rub it, don't ask me how, and a genie pops out and he grants them each one wish. The first dinosaur wishes for a big slab of meat and a big slab of juicy meat appears. The second dinosaur asks to be showered in meat and within seconds, it's raining meat. The third dinosaur, not to be outdone by his friends, asks for a meatier shower. And that's how the dinosaurs died. Okay, so this is, this is not a joke that I approve of, but I think it might get a reaction out of you. I just found out that it's normal for doctors to stick their finger in your butt. I think my uncle's maybe a doctor. <laughs> Okay, we found my genre of jokes. <laughs> I don't want more jokes like that. I like, I prefer the dinosaur one. That's just me, though. Um, this one, I, st- I, I still think about the bicycle joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one from uh, Andrew Lee, who sends in a lot of these jokes. The police arrested a man the other day for attacking his neighbour with a giant bowl of weak old gravy. When asked when the man was charged with. Uh, when asked what the man was charged with, the authorities said it was assault with a congealed weapon. <coughs> Do you remember a joke about a sturgeon? Something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, Paul J. Robinson's emailed in to uh, give us some clarification. Hey, Luke and Ollie, not Laurie. He wasn't there. I wanted to explain the sturgeon joke from earlier, mostly due to the white sturgeon living a couple of hours from my house for being awesome. This sturgeon's basically a living dinosaur. They have an average length of 2.1 meters, or about 7 feet long, the longest being 6.1 meters, about 20 feet, and weighing 816 kilos of 1,800 pounds. What? What's a sturgeon? 
Well, that's, that's what we were talking about. It's, it's a fish. It's like a dinosaur. Wow. Uh, attached is a picture of some local fishermen showing their prize catches. Not mine, because fishing is boring. You know, sports and stuff. <laughs> now, if they had a fish in a torture rack or dropped an elbow drop on him, that would be different. It's from Paul Robertson, Washington State. So that is a sturgeon. Blimey, they are long. A Nicola sturgeon. <laughs> a lot of these look like they've just been photoshopped yeah. onto men holding it, stuff. It's all perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, Reuben Johnston. Hello, Luke, Ollie. He's written here. Hello, Luke, Ollie, and Luke. I'm Ooh. assuming you meant Laurie, but maybe you just Double want to say hi. Hi to Luke. Hello. This is why I'm the podcast master. I've got two jokes for you that I heard at a comedy show a few weeks ago. Stealing, I guess. Uh, I said to this New Zealand bloke, I'm going to Swedish furniture shop, and he said, Does it look like our care? And finally, this song is called Subtraction. Take it away. Thank you for the podcast. They are incredible and consistent. You know you're better than Pritchard. Love you. Goodbye. I like that scene in Beyond the Map where there's the tryout match and they essentially hit the white noise or air raid siren or whatever that move's called, the Finley Driver. The Finley Driver. Uh, Finley Driver. And someone in the back just goes, I'm stealing that. <laughs> you said it was Austin. Uh, that's what I was told re-watching it. It isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, that's that's what I, I think about that guy watching a comedy show. Stealing that. Stealing that. Uh, Eddie Murphy does that on his Delirious stand-up. Have you ever watched Delirious? I haven't, no. Does not hold up because, it it, oh, it is on PC. It, yeah. it is it is on the line. It's actually not even on the line. You know in Friends where he's like, the line is like a dot to you. That is uh, Delirious. And Raw in particular. Raw has got so much homophobic material in it. Mm. It's incredible. Essentially, he does a whole routine about he's afraid of gay people. And like he has nightmares about gay people, about what they're going to do to him. It's, I mean, when I was a teenager. Thinks highly of himself. <laughs> as a teenager, young teenager, uh, an impressionable teenager, hilarious. I, know, I actually probably could recite it line for line because we used to watch Delirious and Raw so much on VHS. It's a different culture. It's a different culture. But there's a moment in Delirious when he says, I really hate people trying to redo my material on the way home because they never get it right. Like, they just completely mess mm. it up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a joke and you can just use that joke. It says, Bear and the rabbit are taking a poo in the woods. Bear turns to the rabbit and he says, Do you find that when you poo, the poo sticks to your fur? The rabbit says no. So the bear wipes his ass with the rabbit. Nice. Nice. That is all we've got time for. We're going to see you tomorrow, myself and Laurie will do, for the NXT review. And then Ollie and I will be back with the Saturday Wrestle Ramble, most likely with a what next question uh, going up on there. Spoilers, that might be for NXT tomorrow as well because it's Squash Match City and not a lot's going to happen on the show. You could just carry on going like, what is going on with SmackDown? <laughs> we should uh, open every episode with that. Is going on. Everyone else saw that. Well, everyone else, yeah, what was Charlotte doing? Uh, so thank you very much for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.